Welcome to the Divorce Devil Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Rachel. Follow us as we dive into all the positive and negatives of post-divorce recovery. Stay tuned for some real and sometimes raw end-of-the-road divorce topics. Please put on your big pants because we're full of honesty, authenticity, and irrefutable truths. This progressive podcast ain't for the faint-hearted. Enjoy. Welcome everybody out there to Divorce Devil episode 86. We have a special guest on the mic today with me and Rachel. We have AJ Grossman out of Florida, correct? Yes. Yeah, Florida. Uh, let me pull this stuff up. I had it before and there it goes. Um, Being I was born in Tampa, woohoo, welcome. Oh, that's what's <laughs> wrong with you. Ah, I love Tampa. That's yeah. what's wrong with you. Now I know. Shut the hell up. Okay. So uh, AJ is a divorce dispute resolution specialists. Can you go into that and tell us what that is, AJ? Sure. So I have my law degree and I also have a degree after my law degree. It's called a master of laws in dispute resolution. So that allows me to call myself a dispute resolution specialist. So I focus my practice, my law practice, 100% on divorce and paternity work. But with that extra degree, I'm able to help my clients in a way that none of my colleagues can. And so that extra degree was one year full-time study out at Pepperdine University in Malibu, California at uh, an institute called the Strauss Institute for Dispute Resolution. And so uh, during that that one year full time, I was able to study with world renowned practitioners on things like the psychology of conflict. How do people behave and manage and make decisions when they're in the middle of conflict? And we studied conflict from divorce to cultural conflicts to conflicts between countries public policy disputes between communities, all kinds of things. So I'm, I'm more than just a divorce lawyer. So what made you uh, specialize in divorce? I stole yours, David. <laughs> See, girls uh, first. So I, I love, I, and then he's like, I'm going to take it. I'm like, oh no, I'm going to get that first. <laughs> I love that question because it's really ironic. So growing up, my mom had gone to law school in the early 70s. And my dad had followed her uh, and and went to law school as well. They both took the California bar and passed the bar. My mom practiced, but my dad didn't. And one of the areas she practiced was family law, divorce work. And I remember growing up and uh, she would get phone calls on the weekends and she would complain. She said, one of my clients just called and told me that their spouse is throwing their clothes out the front door and they want me to do something. What am I supposed to do on the weekends? Or they never pay their bills or they're always upset. They're never satisfied. And, and so I heard these complaints and I thought when I was getting ready to go to law school, I thought, okay, I don't know what kind of law I want to practice, but I know what I don't want to practice. I don't want to practice divorce work because it sounds like a hell gig. It just does not sound good at all. Right. And so I I got to law school and I took a family law class and my particular school had a clinic there that helped uh, people from a a lower socioeconomic class get divorces and help for their children. And so I did work there and I soon learned that I had, this was a niche for me that I was able to relate to people, to connect with people, to, to talk with them in a way where I could actually help calm them down a little bit 
and help give them hope for the future. And I thought, you know what, I can really make a difference here. And so fast forward a little bit, and uh, my wife and I both took the Florida bar. We both passed, and we kind of looked at each other and said, okay, what do we do now? We sent out a bunch of resumes, didn't get any responses, so we said, let's open up our own practice. We said, well, well what do we want to do? And I think I said, well, what do we know how to do? And she said, well, family law and divorce. I said, then that's what we're going to do. There you go. So one of my questions, and I've been harboring this for a while, so is your practice more so the the man and the woman, or is, is it two parties, or do you work with one party most of the time? So as a lawyer, I am prohibited from representing both a husband and wife in a okay. divorce. So I can only represent one, and I really have a mix. Um, wives, husbands, um, lesbian, gay couples, you name it. So I don't, I don't specialize in, in one gender or one sexual orientation over another. I, I take everyone. Mm. All right, Rachel. But actually, I'm going to trump Rachel again. <laughs> so my other question is, when you have the dom- domestic goddess at home, and then you have the, the, man, the man that works a- away from home, and she's been raising the kids, how do you equal that? How do you solve that problem? Because that's a big divide. And and that's kind of what happened to me. That was a huge divide. Basically, how do you value both partners without devaluing somebody else? Correct. Right, right. So my role is to, and, and the mission, my own personal mission and the mission of Leapfrog Divorce is to help people transition their families from one type of a family to a different type of family through the divorce process while minimizing harm to themselves and their children. Uh, and providing zealous and aggressive advocacy when necessary. And so when I'm, when I'm working with uh, a client, um, and I'll say um, I'm working with the domestic goddess, as you put it, <laughs> and the husband is on the other side, and he's the primary breadwinner. So I do everything I can to communicate that these are two equal partners, a marriage takes two equal people, and when they decide, when the when the spouses decide to have children and they become parents, it takes two. Whether that's a mom and a mom, a dad and a dad, or a dad and a mom, it takes two. And so, a mom who stays at home to raise the children has provided a tremendous amount of value, not only for her their children. But for the husband, because she has freed him to be able to go to work and do his job and earn an income and, you know, go to, to, to meetings or to, to happy hours, to networking events, to travel the country for his job. And he would not have been able to do that without the help and support of his wife who's staying home to help raise their children. Mm-hmm. So there's a tremendous amount of value there. And when you start talking about issues in a divorce like alimony or spousal support, at least here in Florida, that's one of the the specific factors that our our judges, our courts are supposed to consider. The value that a stay-at-home mom has brought to the marriage. So that's what I do. So can she charge like Uber rates? Taxi services, you know, like now you have like DoorDash. I mean, I'm pretty sure those people make some money. So, yeah, Um, I 
was wasn't the big breadwinner. I also had a job, but then my job became less important. So anytime something happened with the kids, well, we're getting divorced. So you have to do this because I have to make money because you're going to take my money. Or, you know, there was a lot of negatives brought to my not lesser of a job, but what was perceived as you're the mom, you need to take care of this part while I go do the mm-hmm. big, the big boy stuff. And, you know, we have also, there's also stay at home dads and the mom goes out and works. Yep, so it's correct. not, yep. you know, not again, not one or the other is more important, but when you're going through it and you're in the heat of all that, a lot of times the, the one that stays home is put to the side because you're not as important because you're only watching the kids or you're only doing this. You're only the taxi service. You're only the person that takes them to the doctors and does all the, all the other stuff. Why, you know, the other spouse is doing, you know, bringing in the money to pay for the bills and all the other stuff. So I think there's a, there's mm-hmm. a fine line of how do you value, you know, the Uber, the, you know, the grocery shopper, the this, the, you know, the sports, you know, getting kids back and forth to sports and, and now when you have two families, you know, who's more responsible if you have the kid for three days and I have the kid for three days and there's a half a day when we both split. I mean, it really does take a lot of communication. And I think um, one of the big things is like how who's right. You know, and mm. I think that's a lot of the, you know, does it matter? Exactly. And so do you have like, I guess, a checklist where people can be like, okay, you can definitely go through mediation or no, you definitely need a lawyer or can, where do you start when you have someone come to you? Because I don't, I think a lot of times you're like, I can't afford a lawyer. My spouse can, cause now he makes all the money and is holding money from me. And again, if you've listened to us, I at one point had $27 in the bank and thinking I had a lot more and you know, he got he lawyered up and I was like, well, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know where I go and I can't afford a retainer and I can't afford this. And can we do mediation? And there was times where it's like, yes, we can do mediation. And then it's, oh, he's also lawyered up. And then now what do I do? So I All don't right, Rachel, know. Rachel, breathe. People, breathe, no, Rachel. I, this is just because it's personal. Like, <laughs> I know. What, where, where do you start? Okay. So with everybody, I guess let me back up a little bit. I start with providing a ton of free information. Mm -hmm. So I've got a YouTube channel that's got, I don't know, 70 or 80 videos on it. I'm releasing about one a week and I'm just providing a ton of information for people to learn about their options, uh, how to communicate better, uh, how alimony works, all, all kinds of things. So that's where I start right. by providing free information. When somebody actually finds me online or, or gets referred to me and I have an opportunity to talk with them, I think I do things very different from, from other divorce lawyers in that um, I have a conversation with them about human things. So for example, one of the first questions I'll ask is, tell me what's keeping you up at night. Wow. What's wow. causing that's you to lose different. sleep? Right. And what have you done to try and make your situation better? And how has that worked out for you? If you could wave a magic wand and your situation became your ideal situation, what would that look like? Or if you had a movie running through your mind of your ideal divorce or what your family looks like after the divorce, tell me about that. Hmm. What am I going to see in that movie? And so that's, that's where I start by asking people about human things where I think a a lot of divorce lawyers, you know, they really want to focus on the facts and the law. So they start out with things like, okay, so do you own your home or do you rent? How many children do you have? Do you have any retirement? 
okay, what, how much money is in your bank account? And what do you do for a living? What is your income? And I'll get to all those things because they are important. But I really want to know about people from a, from a human perspective first. Man, that's, so that's way different. That's awesome. Way different. And I don't, I think the word lawyer just in itself is intimidating. Scary. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yes. What do you do oh, yes. um, when you have a client that's not really within the best interest of themselves or their kids? How do you, do you try to steer them or do, do you try to counsel them? Because you're also a counselor. You're a lawyer and a counselor. So how do you, how do you handle that? So I take my counselor role very seriously. Um, many of my colleagues do not want to deal with emotions or feelings or practical aspects about, you know, taking care of oneself. And that's absolutely a road I will go down. Um, you know, I, I make sure to, to remind my clients I'm not a therapist. And as a matter of fact, I recommend, I highly recommend that you get a therapist for yourself. And if you have children, consider getting a therapist for the children because a divorce is the second most stressful process you will likely ever experience in your entire lifetime right below the loss of a loved one. And therapy can be incredibly helpful. Build up your support network with family, friends, coworkers. So, so if I've got somebody who is, is behaving badly, maybe they've got some substance abuse issues, maybe they don't communicate very well, then I will actually try and help coach them on how to communicate better. For example, a lot of people will um, volley uh, blame back and forth mm -hmm. and just defend. Well, you said this and, and I felt this way. And well, you said that or you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Or like Rachel, you were saying, you're only the stay-at-home mom and I'm the man. And I, you know, and it's like, stop, stop doing that. You need to find a better way to communicate because it hasn't worked for you yet. So have you tried inviting your spouse or your significant other, whatever it happens to be, to a, to a learning conversation where you get to sit down with them and actually hear what they have to say? Right. No. No. Well, you might try it. Right. Just say, just go to them and say, you know what, I, I think you would agree with me that we've had a lot of conflict between us recently. And I really want to sit down and hear more about how you see what's been happening between us and hear where you're coming from. And just sit and listen. Don't defend. Don't blame. Don't point the fingers. Just listen. So that's one of the things I'll do with people who need help uh, communicating. For people who have a gambling addiction or an alcohol addiction, I always suggest that they get help. Um, I, I have a client uh, who has a gambling addiction. And he doesn't see it that way. I'm not his therapist. But what I can say is, you know, say, say something to him like, We've talked quite a lot. You know, we've been working together for six or seven months now, and I've heard you talk about your gambling. And I just wanted to, to find out from you what you've done to, to maybe um, explore some avenues to get you mm -hmm. help. Because I, I heard you share with me that you want to stop, but you can't find the ability to stop. And that might need somebody outside of yourself and outside of me to help you. So what do you think about that? So it's really, it's really counseling and, and coaching. Yep. That's Th there's not any lawyers in this town like you, I don't think. No. N not even close. No, and I think a, a lot of times, too, when 
in the beginning of divorce, especially that those conversations are very hard to just pull out of your spouse because everybody's so angry and so emotional. Yes. And I mean, we advocate like, please do not put your kids in the middle. And you know, it's hard, especially when you have someone yelling at you all the time and you're like, okay, well, I do nothing right. Nothing I do is right. And then you're getting this like whole, you know, it's snowball effect. Now I'm pissed off at you because you did this. I'm pissed off at this person. And now you're telling me I have to, you know, get a lawyer or I can't afford a lawyer. So now I know I'm, I feel like I'm screwed and I have no way out of this situation. And if you left or if you were left, there's different feelings on those. So, you know, it really is like, how do you learn these? I mean, of course, now we know we can go to your YouTube thing, your site and stuff like that. Which we'll post on the, will, on yeah, the site. Yeah, add to the link. But like, I feel like that first step is, shit, I'm getting divorced. And who's going to help me? Or especially like people who have cheated or have caused a divorce are like, oh, I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. Well, we want to take that stigma away. Yes, cheating fucking sucks, right? Um, but mm-hmm. we want to take the stigma of, okay, now we're getting divorced. We know we're not going to be married anymore. Where do we go and where do we turn? And how do we make this amicable or, you know, again, mediation or, you know, what? And so I think that's really awesome that you do that. How do you decrease the co-parenting, the craziness of co-parenting? That was one of the things I dealt with. What's, what's, okay. what's, what's some of the methods and, and tips and tricks for that? Okay. So one of the things that, that seems to come up quite frequently with co-parenting goes again back to communication. So what happens a lot is people will, um, uh, or one parent will fire off a text message, something like, you're such an idiot. You forgot to pack Johnny's shoes. You know he has soccer practice today. You dumbass. Right? What What is that? A, I feel what like is that, that was a actually com- a text I got. <laughs> Rachel, that sounds like you. I feel like maybe I sent that. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, so how do I help those people? Well, There's what no I say is, you know, instead of firing off that text message, just pause, take a deep breath, take five minutes to sit in peace and think about what do I need to communicate? What don't I need to communicate? And how can I minimize any uh, emotions in this text? Because really all I need to do is communicate information. And there's a wonderful gentleman out in uh, Southern California. His name is Bill Eddy. He was a licensed clinical social worker for many years and then became a a divorce lawyer. And he's got a whole series of books on high conflict personalities and and how to communicate better. And he was actually one of my professors out at Pepperdine. And he has um, an acronym that he uses. It's BIFF, B-I-F-F, for um, better communications. And what he says is be brief, be informative, be friendly and be firm. So what that looks like with, with, you know, Johnny or Billy or whoever it is, uh, the, the child with the, with the soccer shoes, that communication would be, <clears throat> I noticed that Billy did, does not have his soccer shoes. Would you like to bring them over or shall I go out and purchase new ones? And would you split the, the cost of those with me 50, 50? It takes the emotion out of it. It takes the blame out of it. It takes the judgment out of it. And it's just an information text. But that is so hard. 
oh, for yeah. people it takes to lots do, and especially lots of practice. <laughs> yes, especially when you you are in this emotional soup of a divorce. And you know, naturally, as human beings, we are emotional, feeling beings first, and we are logical, analytical beings second. So we make decisions based on feelings and emotions, and then we justify those with logic and analysis. So, so when we need to respond, right, our nerves are doing jazz hands, right? And, and we're starting to sweat, and our, our heart starts pumping faster, and, and our blood pressure starts to rise. That's when you have to hit the pause button. Take a deep breath. Take five minutes. Wait. Maybe maybe type out that text message, but don't send it. Oh, thank Just God for the sit. delete yeah, backspace. Delete, and delete then, is uh, the best. Our favorite is K. 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 Uh-huh. K. Double um, Super K. Double K. K. Baby K. K. <laughs> Lots of Ks. <laughs> uh-huh. That's good. That's good. That, then that definitely does take practice because I have written full-on novels. Like, they should have probably been an email. But. Yeah, no, I'm just like, ah, crap. And, especially, and again, yeah. you, that, that, that send button is a powerful thing. Cause it, it sure is. You have the control, but sometimes when you're in the midst of, I can't believe he said that. But or you she, know, yeah. but you know, sometimes you want to hurt them so bad. Mm-hmm. You want to cause mm-hmm. pain because by any feeling, means yeah. necessary. Yeah. And that's wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. Well, especially when you use the kids. Well, I what was I think we've discussed this before too. There is like when you go through. I mean, in Colorado, we have to take a four-hour parenting class when you sign up for divorce. Okay, you got to figure it out. Then you got like yep. seventy-five pages of all the shit, right? So who makes what? What huh? they're who were they going to spend for Christmas? All the stuff. They right. give you this like app that the communications will be back and forth and anything you say and can will be used against you in a court of law. <laughs> right. So oh, yeah. um, I feel like the faster you know about that, because I feel like that's almost like someone's got your back when you feel like no one's got your back, especially mm-hmm. if you're just in it. Like if you've not, if you haven't had a court date yet, if you haven't had a hearing, if you ha- haven't even turned your paper in, you're doing this child course. Like as soon as you hand it in, they're like, okay, now you need to take this because you have kids. So It's like the calm before the storm. And now anything I say, someone could read this in a court of law. So I think that gives you that, oh, the principal's watching, you know. So it has helped a lot of people um, communicate and, you know, and then eventually like, okay, we can communicate now. Or, you know, my ex and I have really tried to do a good job with our youngest, especially Um, it's about him. And he didn't ask for this. And, you know. He's only ever known us together, like our older kids, you know, like they've had 20 some years of us together and he's only had, you know, eight. So we we try to do a good job. But I know that text like, oh, yeah. And I'm going to get you back now. You've hurt oh, yeah. my feelings. Tit for tat. I'm, affa- I'm, I'm yep. offended. Let's figure this out. And oh, by the way, you're an asshole. Yep. You know what it is? It's, there. It's, 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 a, it's a short-term gain, right? We get this pleasure hit oh, by, yeah. by, by filling out that text and hitting the send button, and we're exchanging that for long-term pain. And I think Dopamine lo- and send. I Ooh, think, baby. too, um, I, if, early on when, I was doing, when we started the podcast, I was just mad. I was angry because I kept finding more stuff out and then like, doing like forensic 
um, financial stuff and all this. I'm like, what the, how did I not know? And then you feel like an idiot. Well, like I'm going to make you feel like an idiot. And I think what, I think what that has all reading back, like going over some of the old texts, I'm like, I, I actually instigated and I was like, I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy. And you see that you're the good guy. I'm like, Oh, well, I just said this back because you said this and I'm going to tell you how I felt for the last five years. And Oh, by the way, your mom's an asshole. So, um, I've had to learn to like mute a little. And that's really, really hard for me because I, I definitely felt just in leaving and I felt, you know, now it's my turn, turn to be heard. Um, yes, I talk mm. a lot, but I don't think I've ever been a- the active listening thing on the other end was a big deal. And I don't think I've ever been heard. And now that I'm being heard, it's like, oh, look, I do have a voice. And I think when you're going through divorce, who's going to hear me? What the lawyer just wants my money or this one? Like, I don't have the money. And then mm. are they going to, are they going to take my car, my house? Like, oh, I don't have that either. So, you know, mm. you, you want to present yourself. And, you know, again, that lawyer word is very scary and it makes it real. Yeah, you know, you you bring up a, a a really interesting concept and one that I love, and that is the feeling of being heard, because as, as human beings, that is that's a like a core concern or a core need. We need to feel heard and feel valued and acknowledged. And I think that too many people devalue others for a variety of reasons. And they don't do anything to help the other person feel heard. And it's, it's so simple. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like elementary, right? I mean, even asking somebody, so tell me what you think. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's right. like, wow, this person really yeah. wants to hear what I have to say. And That's then how if David the person serial that- dated. <laughs> That's how David serial dated. Oh, you want to hear? Oh, I got a story for you. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah, interrupt all the yeah. time. So people just want to be no, heard. The, you know, yeah. people, it's yeah. almost like a validation. Yeah. People want yes. to be validated. Yes. And it goes back yes. to the value. You know, what's my value in this relationship? Well, now it's broken, so I have no value. Or I failed at this, so my value is nothing. Or I left, so now my value is nothing. But we have to learn that, you know, in a marriage, you, we always say you get in a marriage to be in a marriage. You don't say, okay, in 17 years, we're getting divorced, you know, so it, there's a lot that go huh? on to learn. And I, I think that that's where a lot of people um, make a mistake when they get married. And I think it has a lot to do with maybe an, an outdated concept of marriage. You know, I call it like a 1950s nuclear type of idea of yep. marriage where it's a husband and a wife and the husband is going to go work and the wife is going to be in the kitchen, yeah. you know, kind of like leave it to beaver, right? Don't worry, I'm and, kicking him. And, and one, of the, the, one of the big problems is that we still have this idea that people need to get married super young. And the problem with that that I see in in working with divorce clients is that the people I'm working with, they don't have good self-esteem. They don't have a good idea of what their self-worth is and their self-value. And I think that that takes time and life experience to learn what your value is, to get a strong sense of self, to, to be able to look internal and say, I've got this. No matter what happens, I have got this. So instead, we've got younger young people getting into a marriage, thinking they know what it's all about, and they're looking to that other person to give them what it is they need, 
when they should be looking inward and saying, I've got everything I need and I'm just choosing to be with this other partner because I love them. Yeah. I love that because it, it took me 45 years to be like, wait, I have a, I have an opinion. Oh, wait, uh, there, there's people that actually value what I have to say. And I think, I, I, I think I thought I, was healed and figured out who I was. And then I started the podcast. And like, again, my co-host, I don't know if you've met him. He calls me out a lot. <laughs> and so I think when we are able to, again, communicate and ask each other and feed off of each other and like, you know, have guests like this who, you know, absolutely are beyond my realm. Um, you know, I'm a nurse. I fix the physical body and the emotional comes with it, especially working with little kids and on a military base and there's a lot of separation and then there's a lot of divorce because dad's deployed or mom's deployed and dad you know someone's not being fulfilled or heard there is a lot of divorce on military bases um and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. other stuff too but we've that's another that's another podcast um but i think (laughs) a lot of it goes to saying i i am myself valued by myself you and yep. in, in my partnership with my cohorts, co-host, my cohorts at work, my relationship, everybody should value themselves so that they can value what they have. And I, we talk about that a lot on this. And, you know, at 45, I was like, Hey, this isn't where I want to be. This doesn't make me happy. This isn't mine. And you'll, you have to be selfish a little bit and you have to, you know, it's self care. So. It's right in the words. So we need to learn to be more self-caring and loving. And then you can give all of yourself to your partner. And hopefully, I know the divorce rate is really, really high. I hope it settles a little because marriage is great when it's great. And both people are respected and, you know, 100% on each end. And, you know, I don't think it's 50-50. I think you're 100, you're 100. Some days you might need a little bit more from your partner, but, you know, Y'all should be a hundred percent of yourself. And if you're having a bad day, if that person can help fulfill that, you know, 10% that's missing, that's a lot, lot less to have to give 50% of you, you know? So we need yeah. to balance each other out more. I've got a poignant question for AJ. Oh no, here it comes. Okay. So you've been practicing for how long? How many years? About, about 12 years now. 12 years. In those 12 years, how many have you had second Repeat offenders and their repeat offenders. <laughs> David's asking for a friend. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to answer this in two ways. So one is I have never, as far as I can remember, I've never had a previous client get divorced, get married, and then come back to me and say, I want you to handle my second divorce or my third divorce. And the second part of my answer is I have had clients who have had multiple divorces, four, five, what? nine, oh. 10. What's yes. your biggest number? 10? Uh, I would say 10. Yeah. 10 divorces. Yeah. What? That's a yep. serial divorcer. But what that speaks to, that speaks yeah. to AJ that he kind of stops it. He makes them figure out who they are and what they want out of that last that divorce. That specialty to, you know, divorce awesome. lawyer. That is awesome. Yeah. Counseling and yeah. You know, asking the real people. I think that a lot of times too, uh, the, asking the real human, like you said, questions. That's so different. Because 
We've all seen all the lawyer movies, and it's like, we're going to kill him in court. Okay, well, I just want to get a divorce. So, um, (laughs) you know, and again, I I am not shy, but I'm intimidated by – I think I'm intimidated by the word lawyer just because all the times I've dealt with one, it's been – I'm in trouble. Someone else is trouble. You know, like it's divorce stuff, of course, or this one did that, or I, you know, it's, it's generally the most stressful thing when you have a, a lawyer involved. So yeah, I, I, we got to make it less scary. And I think that you're doing a great job of that. That is awesome. Thank you. you know, you, you. you have that human component. Yeah. And, and I want to maybe, uh, I'm swimming, not, not say that AJ is wrong, but, Man, sometimes getting divorced, I think, is worse than losing a family member. Well, you lose them and they're still available. They're still alive. They're they're still there. They're they're still there, but they're dead to you. Yeah. So it's like an active death. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Yeah. Interesting. Well, you have to, yeah, you have, well, because you have to interact them with the things that you thought you were going to be with them, you know, like weddings and having grandchildren or whatever, all the stuff that they're, you've had to, grieve them but they're still there so you have to grieve them multiple times whereas if someone passes away you're grieving them occasionally like a birthday or an anniversary Mm -hmm. or a holiday Mm -hmm. where this is a daily thing reminder bam bam yeah so especially I, I, i tell my clients quite often you know even though you're getting a divorce you have children together so you're always going to be mom and dad you know, you're, you're going to see each other at birthday parties. You're going to see each other at graduation events. You, you, God forbid, you might see them, see each other at a funeral. Yeah. Um, but you're always going to be mom and dad. And, and do you want to have a lifelong parenting relationship that's good or one that totally sucks because you have the power to change it if you want to change it? Yeah. Well, and I think too, like I, I can speak. Like literally yesterday, my daughter, who's 21, um, she went to college her freshman year and she keeps remembering that we told her on our way to college. We both remember her coming back for Thanksgiving. She was realizing that things were different. We said, hey, we need to have a family discussion. Um, She just remembers the world being ripped out from under her like first day. So we have a different oh. view of that. So when kids are involved, if we can make that the easiest as possible, because I have an 11 year old who's like, I got to go to this house. I got to, uh, do I have clothes at both? Like school starting, who's buying this? Who's doing this? And I got a 21 year old mad at us because we ruined her first year of college because she believes that we told her that day, which we both were like, no, that was like Thanksgiving. She came home and, but. I can't tell her that she's wrong because that's what she remembers. But I can say, hey, we got divorced so you can see what the healthy relationship is supposed to look like. Because there was a lot of fighting the last five years, Um, Mm. you know, two years divorce, three years just arguing all the time. And I said, I don't want you to think from our modeling that this is how it's supposed to be. And we I mean, we are friends to a point. But we are also like, this is, these are the facts. This is what we need to get done. We're picking you up this time. Here's a schedule. And it's very like matter of factly. And of course, if something happens, like we just had a friend pass away and we were both were talking to the friend's family and all this other stuff. And we came together as a old couple. We were a couple at one point when we knew this person and, you know, it was comforting to our kids that we resolved and told them together, like, hey, this our friend passed away. You know, you've had lots of memories. And my my daughter said to me today, she goes, 
I didn't realize how much I caused you to have to put out all the fires. And she goes, I'm sorry for oh. that. And I'm learning mm. from that. And like, she stressed me out for the last three days going, you did this and blah, blah, blah. So the blame game is great. But I think when she pulled it all apart, she was like, thank you for getting along for us. So if wow. anybody can learn that from my 21 year old, who's sometimes a pain in my ass. Um, <laughs> That's their job. I love her. Um, and she's just dealing with, she's going back to college, you know, two households, you know, dad's got a new girlfriend. You know, I've had a relationship for two and a half years and other kids are go other I mean, Lance's daughter's going to college. Another one got a new her first job out of college. So there's a lot of events happening and life I think does go she, on. So. She just needed to yeah. know like my parents mm-hmm. can get along to take care of me. And I and I keep conveying that. Like people just don't 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 bring the kids in on it. So and what uh, do you say to people yeah. who can't? Like Yeah, definitely. What do you say? What do I say to people who can't leave their kids out of it? Yeah. Use them as pawns. I, I say you need to get a therapist ASAP. Yeah. And you need a therapist for your kids because if you find it, if you find that you are incapable or unable to leave your kids out of the messiness of your relationship breakup with your spouse, you are causing unnecessary harm for your children that's going to affect them for the rest of their lives. I said, there are plenty of studies out there that show, conclusively show, that children of divorce do not do as well as as children who were either had divorced parents and left out of the process or had parents that stayed together. You know, I'm sure you've heard of um, ACE scores, right? Um, um, uh, Childhood experiences, Mm -hmm. right? Adverse childhood Mm -hmm. experiences. Divorce is one of the the numbered items on that list. And so I ask them, I say, you have a choice. You have control and you have decision-making power to either help your kids get through this healthy or to set your children up for, for possibly lifelong anger and depression and bitterness. Which would you like to choose? Yeah. Which do you think your children would say they would like to choose? So I have a very frank conversation with them, and some of them will listen to me, and some of them won't. Yep. So what 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 do you do when you have a parent who's a narcissist and they do no wrong, and you know that's got to be tough. That a lot of people when they talk to us about it, or we you know they listen to the podcast, are like, I just can't get them to listen to me. I just can't. Huh? It's all about them. They're right. And at, and a lot of times when you are married to a narcissist, you are, the, the other person is submissive because they don't want to fight. But now this mm-hmm. is the, this is the fight for your life. So how do you, mm-hmm. um, how do you help people on the other end of a narcissist? So what I tell them is the first rule is never engage a narcissist. You will never be right. The second thing is you need to leave and you need to leave ASAP because If your spouse is a true narcissist, that is a dangerous situation that you need to get out of and protect yourself. And so some of the strategies that I will use with narcissists when I have them uh, as an opposing party is I will do everything in my power to make them think that they're right. Mm. That any ideas about options was actually their idea. 
I will compliment them as much as I can. Oh, that's a great question. Let me help provide an answer for that. Or, oh, that was really astute of you. Let me, let me talk about that. Because if I take the opposite approach and I say, you don't know what you're talking about, though, no, that just throws fuel on the, on the fire, on wow. the flames. That's very so interesting. Yeah. They're a special breed. You play that mind game. <laughs> yeah. David, got anything else? What about, and my, fi- well, my second to final answer question will be, what about, uh, your website talks about strategy sessions. Does it happen uh-huh. at the beginning, in the middle, toward the end, and what are they? So a strategy session is my term for an initial consultation. So when I talk with people and I ask them those very human questions, what keeps you up at night? What does your ideal divorce look like? What do you hope to accomplish through your divorce? Um, I will, uh, towards the end of that strategy session, I will talk with them about various options. For example, if somebody says, I really want to have an amicable divorce, my spouse and I can continue to communicate. Um, we're pretty agreeable on things. Is there a process available that uh, can help us have a, a good divorce and be good co-parents afterwards? Well, absolutely. And here's the strategy, right? So Mm -hmm. collaborative divorce, whatever. Um, So there's a strategy that goes along with that. So, So strategy sessions start from the very beginning. When a client actually chooses me and says, I want you to be my lawyer, we have strategy sessions throughout the case because oftentimes new information will come in or an event will happen that will actually cause us to, to shift a little bit, you know, maybe change our strategy a little bit. You know, we've got more information now that we're six months into this case than we had at the beginning. We need to revisit our strategy and, and come to an agreement. Does this still make sense based upon this new information? So it's a constant um, evaluation, reevaluation, and adjusting. Uh, it's, a, it's an organic strategy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? Okay, so I decided to get divorced. I find you on your website or wherever recommended by Divorce Devil Podcast. Um, what are the most important things that I know when I come to meet you? The most important things to know would be um, what, what, what are the, the top three issues or problems you are having that you think a divorce is going to solve? right? Okay. Or, or three goals, your top three goals that you want to accomplish through a divorce. The second thing is, what, what does your ideal situation look like both going through the divorce and after the, the divorce? Is it an amicable process? Are you anticipating a highly litigated process? And regardless of which one it is, what do you want your family to look like at the end? So those are the two top things that I want people to know. Um, some other things that, that are pretty easy are, are things like, um, you know, incomes, because we will talk about incomes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what are your respective incomes? Um, tell me about your, your debt. Tell me about your assets. Do you have a lot of credit card debt? And a lot of people I talk to say, you know, I just don't know. He he does all the finances and I just Rachel don't know. Rachel in keeping. the house. Rachel in the house. Yeah, I was living my best yeah. life, being <laughs> ignorant, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and 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 the last thing I want people to have some sense of not not everybody does, but it's helpful. Is what kind of a lawyer are you looking for? 
are you looking for somebody who's going to put on the boxing gloves from day one and just fight a hundred percent the whole way through? Is that what you think you need? If so, help me understand why. Or do you want somebody who's going to take maybe a, a more compassionate, cooperative approach, but if things go south, can go toe-to-toe with a lawyer or the person on the other side if, if there's a need for a trial or a hearing? So, you know, there, there's a lot of different lawyers out there. You know, some of us, you know, I'm a trial lawyer. I love to be in court. I love to be in trial. And then there, there are others who say, I love to negotiate. I love to settle cases. And, and many of the trial lawyers will say, ah, I hate negotiation. I hate settling cases. I want to be in front of that judge. So think about what kind of lawyer you want. I actually don't believe I've ever heard the word divorce lawyer and compassion in the same sentence. <laughs> I was getting ready to say that. Yes. I, I heard that's, you. My brain heard be you. The, I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure those words don't go together. That's, that's, that's going to be the title, the compassionate lawyer. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love it. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that word would ever like if I had to describe what a lawyer is to a first grader. Yeah, those aren't the words I would have used. <laughs> to a first grader, yeah. wow. Well, because you know, I am in an elementary school, so I'm trying to figure out how to like, give them the verbiage. Uh, but yeah, so that's awesome, and I think you know we really lucked out in getting you know the compassionate lawyer. The compassionate I lawyer. Mean, we might trademark that, so you know, just let us know. If you're like, you know, a trademark lawyer because trademark lawyer for the compassionate lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> we can play a little leapfrog. I love we'll, it. Fi- we'll figure that out. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm blown away that this is, this is way different than what I expected. Yeah, this is awesome. Oh. Yeah, this yeah. is awesome. This fantastic. Like, surprise. Yeah, you got to get your facts straight. You need to figure out what your side of the story is. I, I, yeah. I mean, I watched I a couple a balance of your YouTubes sheet. and yeah. yeah. What's your financial statement for this year? You know, what's your tax bracket? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I've, I've thought a lot about, you know, when, when I leave this world, what would I like my tombstone to say or what would I like people to say at my funeral? And I don't want them to say he was a great lawyer. He won a lot of cases and, you know, he, you know, divided up a lot of families. Instead, I'd like it to say he was a lawyer who put peace and love out into the world and helped families um, transition from one kind of a family to another for the betterment of our community. You know, this, and so this guy makes me want to sing a Parchment Family feel like song. I'm a terrible human, and I need to go find myself after talking to a divorce lawyer. I Wait, know. what? Okay, that's awesome. Like the I, compassion lawyer, compassionate lawyer. Dun, dun, dun. Well, we want to thank uh, AJ for surprising us. It's yeah. been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my pleasure. But we've got one more question, AJ. You ready? Okay. Boxers I'm or ready. briefs. <laughs> um, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be briefs. Briefs. All, All right. right. Okay. There what we about go. Boxer briefs. I Boxer heard they're briefs. comfortable. I mean, why do you wait, have wait, to wait, choose? Wait. Lawyer, you don't have to choose. Lawyer briefs. Hello. Duh. There we uh, go. Hey, dun, dun, dun. Uh, the dad jokes are all. All right, we want to thank AJ for being on the show, man. This was awesome. That was so informative yeah. because I think it's definitely one of those things where it's, it's scary. It's so scary, oh, yeah. and you're already going through yeah. the emotions. And so, if you can have someone, you know, like you, I'm helping people, and that's there, that's right. There's got to be one more compassionate lawyer out there. We need to find all. The Do you have a group lawyers. like a group of compassionate, compassionate lawyers? lawyers? What do you call a group of compassionate lawyers? A leapfrog. <laughs> 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 Man, she's we're out control. there. We're out there. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to episode 86. With sure. AJ We're going to go with that. And yeah. We'll go from there. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you. Love you guys.